Listener Production. On today's episode of Footy Talk, Robbo joins us to preview the Mitch Robinson Cup on Saturday evening between the Lions and the Blues at the Gabba. Will the pressure get to the Lions or will they advance to their first grand final since 2004? Who is the most important Blue heading into this game? We cannot wait to unpack it all on this edition of Footy Talk. Welcome back to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy with all the latest news, interviews and analysis in the world of AFL. And joining me down the line today for your Wednesday, it is Mitch Robinson. Robbo, very big welcome to you. What's going on, Abby? I've just heard you guys won an award at the AFL Awards the other night. That's great news. Number one talk show in Australia. Maybe next year, yes. We're forecasting for 2024 that we might win something at the AFMAs, but unfortunately we did not. Um, That's a boys club, don't worry about it. Thank you for rubbing that in though. But we've got a massive episode coming up. It is, of course, the Mitch Robinson Cup. On Saturday, Twilight at the Gabba, Brisbane taking on the Mighty Blues. Yes. How's it going? How's it looking? How is the city of Brisbane rallying around this massive Prelim final. It's, it's crazy. Like literally every hotel uh, is booked. Flights, as you know, are like 800 pop to get up here. Mm. Um, it's, it's a crazy feeling because the Broncos as well, they're in, a, they're in a prelim on Saturday night. So they play just after the Brizzy Lions. So if you're going to go out on Saturday night, it's going to be packed, win or loss for both teams. But uh, it's literally all week. Uh, I don't know if you saw the, um, the open training session the Lions had on Tuesday, I think it was yesterday. It was so many members and stuff mm. there, which is which is hectic. So I'm pretty sure a lot of people have the Fitzroy fans have driven up. Um, they're coming up into numbers, and I was actually trying to get because I got the 200 club ticket. So you get two tickets to any game. So I was trying to get on there. Got in there at nine o'clock on Monday morning, and I was twenty two thousand in oh, no. queue, which oh, is no. I didn't get. I so I didn't get a ticket. So oh, no, uh, I had to uh, slide into <laughs> Nicole Duncan, who looks after the tickets to the Lions, and she got me a couple um, just. So I'm yeah. excited to go. It's going to be a massive, massive night. How many years have you been in Brisbane now? The city. Uh, this is my this is my ninth year. Yeah. How have you seen the growth of the game over? I you know the better part of a decade because mm. I did see that vision at the Little Lions tra- training yesterday and kids just screaming out for Charlie Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. You just get the sense that um, you know Queensland, New South Wales, these states that haven't traditionally been AFL focused or based, yeah. they really are. Um, I guess growing the game. They are, and this is predominantly a rugby state. So when I got up here in 2015, I reckon we are getting like 10K to a game, like max. Like yeah. the opposition had more supporters than us and it was just horrible. It was it was a, in a bit of a rut. Um, and we always got reminded of the glory days in the early 2000s when Lions are winning premierships left, right and centre and why can't we get back to that? But we absolutely sucked for about three or four years till Fags and David Noble got here and changed the culture and, and we became a destination club. So... I wouldn't have got noticed back in the day up here. Now the boys go out um, to the streets and they get asked stop for photos and talk about football where it used to be just like you just walk around like you're invisible really. So a lot oh. of people come up to Brisbane to play footy for the Lions because it was that quiet state and it wasn't very you know buzzing in terms of AFL nuffies out there, but it's starting to turn. Um, and, and it's a good thing, but everyone's really respectful up here. And mm. you just notice it straight away. Like, I think we got the most participation rates in in the junior footies in the country, especially the women's leagues. Um, so it's just really, really good. So if Gold Coast, you know, start making finals, like Queensland footy is going to pop off. So yeah. I just think that it's only getting bigger and bigger. And I think they hit 50K members recently, which is 
I don't know if it's all humans, but it's pretty big for the Brizzy Lions. You would love that as well, getting recognised. You oh, you partial, know me so well. Partial to, a, to a selfie you are. I, st- I still walk down with my texture in my pocket and my Lions jumper on just in case anyone <laughs> notices. Me. Just in case, just in case. <laughs> hey, what's going to unfold on Saturday night? Oh. How do you think um, this one's going to play out? Do you think the Blues are a chance or are you yeah. pretty much so thinking that the Lions will get it done? I'm very, very torn. Um if I was a betting man, I'd put my house on Brisbane Lions, but it's one of those things where it's finals footy and anything can happen. You see GWS in a prelim, Colton, who I didn't have really high up in the finals, let alone making a prelim there in it. So I've been talking to a few of the players, and even last week I was like, oh, I'd rather you blokes play Colton than Melbourne in the, in the prelim because it just seems like it's a, you want to say easier game, but better matchup for us. So mm. when I say us, I mean Brisbane is harder. Yeah, you know, no, totally. That, but um, I, I just think it's one of those games where they've got momentum and they're flying at the moment. Like their confidence will be sky high. And although we've had the wood on them in the past, you know, 10 or 12, I think they've only won two games out of 10, the last 10 encounters. I think that finals footies are so different. And as I was saying, the Colton fans are going to be up here and mm. absolutely loud as. I remember playing Richmond in the final um, a couple of years ago and they had more supporters than us at the, at the Gabba. So if the Colton army can get up here and they get behind their team, I think anything's possible. But I just, I'm going. I want a, I want a close game. Um, there's obviously going to be some key matchups and some players who are going to have to step up in in big circumstances. But uh, I, I just see the Lions making the grand final, yeah. um, unfortunately. But I just really hope it's a close game and and Colton don't get blown out of the water or um, you know really dampen their finals campaign because they've they've been incredible to be honest. What needs to go right for the Blues <laughs> this week? Momentum is a crazy thing, isn't it? Yeah, the Lions, yeah. of course, had the weekend off last week. They'll be fresh. Yeah. The Blues a little yeah. bit banged up, but yeah. they're going in there with that attitude of absolutely nothing to lose. That's the thing. See, if Brisbane lose, like they're going to get teased um, in the media. They're going to cop it left, right, and centre because. A week off, is it's the weirdest thing because you can go into the game a bit rusty having a week off. We did it a few years ago and we lost, I think we got pumped by Geelong in the, in the prelim up here um, mm. when it was COVID time. And we, I was just kind of wishing that we played all the way through. Um, you don't want hard games every week and, and the Blues are kind of you know, battered and bruised at the moment. But when you are getting to the game, the adrenaline kicks in and then it's, it's, you, it's who's played more footy and who's um, had that consistency for the last couple of weeks. And... Yeah, I think that the Lions are going to be pretty fresh and we've learned from um, past mistakes and I think that uh, coming out that they're so close to the grand final this time and it feels like it's really doable. This is probably the best campaign yep. teams-wise that the Brisbane Lions had a long time. We've usually had to play you know, Melbourne Demons, Geelong Cats, Richmond in their primes. We've had a hard road mm. um, and, and Bulldogs in there when they won it and you know, obviously GB, GWS when they made the grand final. So I think this has been the, the easiest run they've had for a long time having Port and and the, and the Blues who um, scraped into the finals and they're playing good footy, but it's just one of those things that they'll, they'll be kicking themselves if they lose this weekend and it'll be a very hard pill to swallow. It's high pressure though, isn't it? Because everybody, it is, it even, is. even me, I'm saying anything less than a grand final for the Lions this year is a, a bust. It is a yeah, bust. So if you're, if you're fags or, you know, players at the Lions, how do you try and keep a lid on it first and foremost, but then also, I don't know, there's so much external noise and that pressure just continues to build on them. I think you got to buy into it. That's probably the first time that we've gone into the, like a prelim favourites and you got to kind of play that arrogant way, I think. I think the, they've, they've got enough experience in this team now. They've played a lot of finals campaigns together. The team hasn't changed overly that much. So they know the system and they know what they've got to do. Mm. I think just come out and say, look, we deserve to be in the grand final. We're going to play like we bloody are a grand final team. And just stick it to Colton straight away. Like first quarter, just throw everything at him. Yeah. 
physicality wise, structure wise, and play that brand of footy we know they can play. They can score quick and they score effectively. I think if they just come out and say, look, we're fresh, these guys aren't, and just start playing with that mentality, I think the game could be over by half time. So I know that the coaches would be like, you know, it's, it's a big game, just play like a normal game, whatever. But I just feel like it's one of those one of those matches that you just got to go, look, we're the better team. Let's just show them and show the footy community what, what we're made of. But you, you, the question before you're talking about where do the Blues need to go right, mm-hmm. I think they need to obviously bring in Harry Mackay. I think having two tall fours because Charlie, I didn't expect him to win last week with Charlie Kerner only kicking one goal. Like yeah. that's, that's the spread of goal kickers was saying that I didn't really um, foresee happening. So Harry Mackay brings in another um, a string to their bow and especially with um, Jack Payne potentially not playing this weekend with his foot injury, I think another tall target would be great for the Blues and um, I'm pretty sure Darcy Gardner would come in and fill that void and he's a very, very good player and he's a hard at it bloke so he, he won't budge from that contest but I think... Um, clearance battle and just getting it forward and locking in there, that's that's the biggest thing they've got to do. Mm, it's huge when the Blues, as you mentioned, are finding different avenues to goal. You've got Blake Akers, who's come in and, and been unbelievable oh, on the wing. Gosh. He kicked two. Sammy Walsh from the midfield, he kicked two yeah. as well and had yeah. 34 disposals. So their mids are getting it done in front of goal as well. But yeah. Rui said yesterday, Brisbane's Achilles heel is their key defence. And you just mentioned yeah. potentially the absence of Jack Payne. So do you, do you think that Blues need to absolutely load up in their forward line? And, and as you said, the Lions will want to go out there with a bang and, and really try and, I guess, get the crowd on their terms early. But mm. in the contrary, that's exactly what the Blues need to do as well, is really <laughs> kind of expose that key defensive area from yeah. the Brisbane Lions. Yeah, the best thing about the, the Brisbane defence, I said, like, Darcy Gardner can come in and play that role for Jack Payne if he doesn't get up. But they're pretty experienced in the back line, Um and, and Harris Andrews, he, he can beat a guy one-on-one, don't get me wrong, but he's playing his best footy when he's third man in, taking those innocent marks yeah. and just coming over free really and spoiling the ball away from the contest. So I, I just foresee that happening. And, you know, they've got the young players in Darcy Wilmot and Connor McKenna just signed a couple of years and he's playing some good footy back mm. there, which was unexpected by me. I thought it would have taken him another year to get kind of, you know, settled back in AFL. He's doing really well. Yeah. The one for me is... Um, it's 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 how they're going to move the ball from the back line in terms of trying to get it going forward if, if they're just booting it in um, and then we're just going to bring the ball out. So I know we can innocent mark the ball and, and move the ball like that. Um, I just feel like the small Colton forwards and like Jesse Motlop, he's one bloke who's putting a lot of pressure up there. I, I really rate what he's doing in the finals really? campaign. Um, and, and, you know, being that player who's not going to kick three or four goals like a Charlie Cameron, he, he, but his pressure is something to, to watch and that's what I love seeing, like, Get the ball going forward for the Blues, bring it to ground and, and the world's your oyster. Jack Martin, he's got to come back in, Harry Mackay. Yeah. Jesse Motlop only got his opportunity back because Martin <laughs> yeah. went out of the side. You've got yeah. some headaches, don't you, if you're Michael Voss? Yeah, you do. And it's one of those things, um, getting dropped for a final, especially pre Oh, heartbreaking. It'll be, be heartbreaking. Like, I, like, at least I got dropped in the in the first final last year after that game and I was able to, like, kind of re- regather myself and, and mm. watch them try and get to the granny getting dropped for a prelim when it's all on the line, you, you can really get back in the grand final team. But, yeah, I think um, you got the Hollands who I think he might have been sub last week. So yeah. if, if Jesse go, if Jesse Motlop goes to a sub role, he's still going to get involved and come on in the last, you know, 10 mm. minutes or so and make an impact, whereas Jack Martin's pretty pivotal to their team and obviously Harry Mackay is one of those blokes that I just think, like there's so much talk around him not playing in the, in the, in the squad or in the team. I think that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, yeah. He can, he can be a player who pops up and kicks four or five goals or he could be a player who does nothing, but he still provides a contest and, and gives the defence you know, a headache. But 
Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things that I don't know who goes out mm. for um, bias. It's going to be, you know, it's up to you, Vossi. You do your thing. <laughs> yeah. And the That's way. I'm not a coach. No, exactly right. Oh, gosh. I, um, yeah. yeah I Very hard conversation. I'd hate to bring a player into the meeting and be like, oh, yeah, you're mate, look, uh, you're just not playing this week. Yeah. But, you know, you never know. Yeah. You mentioned Mackay and Charlie. The way that they work in tandem is pretty impressive to watch. They never get in yeah. each other's way, they always hold the width between the both of them. But, just on Charlie Kerno, do you think that he is due for a very, very big game? Um, as you said, oh, last yeah. week, if you had have seen he kicks one, you might not have thought that the Blues get up, particularly with those two forwards missing from the side. But you just get yep. the sense that he, he needs to unleash on Saturday. I feel I feel like he does, yeah. It's one of those games, if you're going to make a name for yourself, you want to be a finals player. Um, there's been so many Colton legends who have done that in the finals in the 80s and 90s who have just gone on to have stellar careers, but they live for finals footy. Now they've got their chance. And it's one of those things you don't want to put too much pressure on yourself because you, you've played, you know, the game at the highest level. You don't mm. want to go into the game thinking, I've got to do too much. Yeah. Um, especially in finals, you want every single player playing their role and doing it well. Like it's all about the one-on-one battles you have. Those little moments that you get your opportunity to lay a tackle or, you know, put a couple extra yards into to lay a lay a shepherd or go for a mark, whatever it may be. So I think he plays his best footy when he doesn't really – put too much pressure on himself, yeah. like he hits bag, bags of 10s, 9s and all that kind of <laughs> stuff when it's just playing for fun. And I think when he's up and about and happy um, and the ball's coming in well, it's all about the defence as well, how they're putting them under pressure. But I think if he kicks a bag of 4 or 5 mm. like that, I think it's a great chance for the Colton fans to get involved and then, you know, they're up and about and they're every chance to win the game. But I'd love to see him come out and just go, bang, here's a yeah. bag of 5 into the granny. He's so cool. Isn't he, Charlie oh, Kerno? Isn't like he? the Cobras, the all double of them, Cobra. All the Kernos. Like I, I know. I wish I was as cool as a Kerno, but I'm totally oh, not. Oh man, Charlie is just adorable as well, isn't he? He's so cute. It's, <laughs> it's so next cute. Level. Um, quickly before we take a break, who is the most important lion, and who is the most important blue on Saturday Twilight? Uh, it's it's a battle of the midfield, I reckon. Like whoever wins this midfield battle is going to be right up there to win the game. As I said, it's all about time and forward half for these two teams, and I think you can't go too far past the goal, the biggest cast in the competition, Lucky Neil. I think yes. when he plays his best footy, that team just looks amazing. But in saying that, I, I do believe um, a forward has to pop up and, you know, take the game by by the neck. And I think that's Joe Danaher. Like he, it, it, oh, I've I played with him that many times. And when he's up and firing, getting up the ground, taking good contested marks and then getting back and then going on his left foot from 60 metres out and putting it through, like you just go, oh, yeah, we're on today. Mm. So either either Lockie Neal or Joe Danaher, take your pick. Um, for the Blues, I don't even think it's – I don't think it's Paddy Cripps. I think you – know, what did he have last week? He had 27, which is a good game, but his influence wasn't like crazy, crazy. So I think yeah. one of those guys like Sam Walsh, man, he, him – Watching him play is depressing for me being an ex-footy player. Like I just wish I had that skill and that ability that he has. And we forget how young he still is. Oh, what is he, 23, 22? 23, yeah. it's absolute bullshit. I can't have that. So <laughs> – at 23, I played in a final, had 27. That was the best like, career mode of my life. This guy's doing 34 and two goals, 618 metres gain. Like, it's just, I don't know. But, yeah, he, he's their key player. And and a little shout-out to Nick Newman. He's been doing mm. – like, who would have thought that he's going to be as good as he is? Like, he's absolutely killing it, going on the radar. Um, I think he's up there. But, yeah, big Sammy Walsh or, or, or a key defender is going to have to step up and stop those tall um, – Lions we cannot wait for that one. It is the Lions hosting the Blues up at the Gabba on Saturday twilight. Hey, Mitch, stick around. Plenty more to come after the break. Oh, I'm not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. Love that. Ethan no. Meldrum joins us on the other side.
Welcome back to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy with all the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Mitch Robinson joining us down the line. But Ethan Meldrum has just jumped in studio. Eth, how are you going? Good. How are you, Abs? And how are Good. you, Robbo? I, I, wish that this up, was, I wish that this was much more of a visual proposition than it is because I have to say Robbo has the world's best camera on at the moment. Like, he we've does. got some nice cameras in this studio. Oh, look at him. Robbo's got the depth of field going. <laughs> He's punching. He's shadow boxing. He looks fantastic. He does. <laughs> That's the best, yeah. Oh, look at his cashies. He's busy uh, yeah. this week. He is yeah. busy. It's he a is... big week. It's a big week for ex-players. It's the Mitch Robinson Cup as well. Come on. <laughs> um, but, Ethan, you must be pretty pumped for the prelim final weekend. I am. I wish my mob Melbourne was in it. And we've got to talk a little bit about expected <laughs> score and taking their chances. And yep. this is something that Brisbane and Carlton have done uh, recently. So, Melbourne, of course, going out in straight set, second year in a row. They've now lost three finals on expected score. For, for, for context, expected score is what champion data describes. So, how many points you should get based on where you kick... You know, like where you have a shot on goal from, yeah. how much like, pressure you're yourself. under. So Melbourne should have won if they kicked normally. They should have won by 21 points against Carlton. They would have won 83 to 62. But that's mm. a simple message that Carlton took their chances. You were talking about Sam Walsh earlier. He kicked two goals. Blake Akers kicked that goal. Carlton took their chances and Melbourne didn't. Melbourne have now lost three consecutive finals in a row and expected score. And that's what's gotten Carlton into a prelim, Robbo. Well, everyone talks about um, – everyone. like I'll just – a little bit of research and watching Twitter and stuff. Everyone's having a crack at Melbourne about um, playing the right people. Are they done and dusted? They had their set, like they had their shots at goal that they could have put through. Mm. Um, and that if that scoreline changes because they you know reverse the how many goals and points they had, like they're, they're into a prelim. So mm. I know I know they've had the collie ball was a little bit in front of goal, but like other than that, like they're I don't see too much wrong with the, with the Melbourne as you being a Melbourne supporter. Like what were you thinking if they kicked straight up? It was an easy game for Melbourne, really. 17 behinds. They kicked themselves out of it. You cannot. And (laughs) they will absolutely be kicking themselves. Um, There's no doubt about it because they had both of those games on a platter, really. (laughs) Plus 32 inside 50s on Collingwood the week before as well. But it is their wacky Wednesday today. So, Robbie, Robbie, Robbo, I thought I would just ask you what's your best. What is your best get-up that you've ever worn to an end-of-season wrap-up? Well, there's a couple that you can't really talk about because, you, you know, leave your phone as the door type thing. But there was one, I think it was a couple of years ago, that, that went kind of viral. I went as Woody. So me and Alex Witherden obviously had about three days three, three days into the, the Mad Monday drinks and we got to Mad Monday and we forgot that we didn't have a costume. So we went to a shopping centre called Carindale up here. Um, waited for it to open. So we got there around 6 a.m., waited for it to open. Everyone's doing their groceries, walking around, and we're just looking absolutely horrible. Oh, dear. Went into, I think, Big W or wherever it was, and there was, like, literally two costumes on the rack, and one was the kids' um, Woody costume, and that did not fit, but I made it fit, and my package was hanging out left, right, and centre. And for some (laughs) stupid reason, we let the media into our Mad Monday just to, like, kind of say, yeah, now leave us alone, but... There was a photo where the junk was out. Um, I had a, a male, camel toe, male camel toe just popping there. Oh, dear. Yeah, that went viral, yeah. So. I can imagine it did go viral, but um, let's move on. <laughs> Wishing the Ds all the very best with their wacky Wednesday today. <laughs> Good luck, David. <laughs> yeah, hopefully no one's had to sneak down to Big W at 6am like Robo does today. Or sees a male cam- camel toe. No, none yeah, of that. It wasn't, it wasn't mm-hmm. it. It wasn't it. You can Google it and put up on this. <laughs> <laughs> Guarantee you I will not be doing that, Robo. We've got to talk about the giant. It's your screensaver. What are you talking about? <laughs> let's talk about 
at the Giants really quickly. I want to get a tip from you, Robbo, for this game as well. Um, their yep. stoppage work off the charts at mm. the moment in their, ne- in their last couple of finals. Finals, Robbo, you know how important that is. They've scored 112 points from stoppage in their two finals wins so far. Yeah. For perspective, you not normally average around 30 points a game. They scored 54 against St Kilda, 58 against Port Adelaide. For perspective, the highest numbers in a final series in recent memory – Melbourne 2021 averaged 60 points per game from stoppage when they won the premiership. Hawthorne averaged 55 when they made the grand final in 2012. That's the company the Giants are keeping from stoppage at the moment. Mm. Robbo, Abby, who do we think gets up? This is huge, isn't it? This is huge um, because... Obviously, Collingwood are going to be fresh. There's no doubt about it. But as I said earlier with Robbo, momentum is a crazy thing. And and this orange tsunami, which is just (laughs) gone everywhere across the country. They've won at 11 different venues. And I loved, I spoke about it on Monday, but Toby Green's, I guess, language around returning home to the MCG, the psyche behind that as well. I just Mm. get the sense that the Giants are on a very, very good run. And as you just touched on that, that um, scores from stoppage piece against the Pies could be could be their undoing. Well, yeah, the, I know that Collingwood have Nick Dacos, you know, pretty much coming back in the team, so that makes uh, their the shift of focus probably going towards him a little bit. But the old dogs are getting it done in there. Stephen Canigliaro, he had thirty on the weekend as well. And and my my good mate and battling brother is Callum Ward. He's he's going yeah, unnoticed a little bit. A Underrated story. player. Yeah, I love him. The most handsome guy in the AFL, I reckon. <laughs> I love him. He had five hundred. Oh, no, he had 300 um, metres gain from stoppage. He's one of those players who has been in and under for his whole career and setting the tone for him. So these other blokes like Lockie Whitfield, who runs his ass off, can do his thing. Mm. Um, a Cogs, we spoke about. Tom Green, who's like, yeah. what the hell is that guy? He's an absolute superstar. So I don't know if the blokes who left him last year has been a good thing for the GWS Giants or a bad thing, but I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to win this game. And... As I was saying when we were off air, like it would be crazy if it was GWS and Lions or someone in the grand final. I think I'm kind of sick of hearing GWS's theme song, to be honest. Oh, but I'd love such to a good them. song, no, though. I can't have it. I don't know. Hey, sorry, shoot me, but it's, yeah, like once it popped off a couple of years ago, they beat us by like a point or two points in a final, and from then on, I hated it. So, um, yeah, it's actually going to be a closer game than I think. It's either going to be the if they're in or around there by three quarter time. Yeah. I just think the outside runners are going to get it done. Um, and we know Collingwood can finish off a game. They've, they've won like a million games when it's down to the to the final seconds by a point or whatever it may be. But I just feel like GWS have got the, the legs on the outside to get it done. So I don't want to be that guy and be like, oh, I'm just going to go for the, the underdog. But no. oh, I, want to, I kind of want to pick him. No Taylor Adams as well. That hurts. Yeah, that's yeah. tough. Collingwood. Considering how good he was in that final four Boy, years yeah. ago when Collingwood and yeah. Giants played last time, he had, you know, Million clearances, twenty kicks, something like that in the wet. Big out for Collingwood. Totally. And and Jesse Hogan, if he fires again, like he's gone under the radar, I guess, after going back and forth from teams. I mm. think him kicking four Schnaggeroonies, it was was it's huge because I don't really see other, anyone else other than him and Green kicking goals. So if he stands up and takes a few clunks and kicks a few goals, like it just gives him every opportunity to win the game. Yeah, massively. It's going to be a great contest, that one. You mentioned Nick Dacos earlier, Robbo. So about four or five weeks ago, um, did it with Flanners and Blackie, former Brownlow medalist himself, did the Brownlow tracker. So essentially what I've tried to do is use stats to re-engineer and try and predict Brownlow votes for every single game every single year. Um, The track record's okay, I suppose. It's got six of the last eight winners. That's not the Ooh, point. Uh, pat yourself on the back. <laughs> little pat myself on the back. But I've got, like, I've got a 
you know, I've got to find a way to sort of, like, I'm, I'm not just like riffing it's you. It's got credibility. It's not it's got, made up on the spot. Yeah, correct. Um, so the question was at that point, Nick Dacos was leading and leading comfortably. Did he have enough votes mm, to hang to on hang to on. the Brownlow medal? The que- the answer for me is I think he probably does. So what I what I try and do essentially, Robbo, is it's not not a straight three two one, and it uses all sorts of stats. So it tries to predict. Okay, if you best on ground, you might get like a two point eight or a two point nine, uh, just mm-hmm. because there's chance with umpires. You know, you, know, you could get stiffed to three Brownlow votes for having thirty touches and three goals. Happens all the time. Nick Dacos twenty eight point one votes, so he's in the lead. He's about a vote ahead of Zach Butters who comes home with a bang. Marcus Where's Bont- the Bonta? Marcus yeah, Bontempelli okay. is third, 25 and a half. And then Petrarca about 0.2 votes ahead of him. And then a little bit of a gap to a former teammate of yours, Lockie Neal. I've got him on about Ooh. 22, about yeah. level with Errol Goulden. Uh, there's margins of errors. This is not to say that Nick Dacos will win the Brownlow, of course. Umpires could do whatever the hell they want Brownlow night. But I think Nick Dacos, despite his knee injury, I think he's in the box seat to win the Brownlow. Imagine if what, he doesn't. What, what, what though, round right? did he go down in? It was round 20, I believe. We've missed the last four missed games. Last four. But imagine and, but, uh, imagine if he doesn't, you know, because – and it's a vote in it or something. You know, this is hmm. a, a young man. And as much as you say it's not about individual accolades, which it's not, it's about team success, but you'd be heartbroken as well if you're Nick Dacos that you're leading the brown load to round 20 and then get pipped at the post due to a knee injury. But um, – you He's, would be, but then if you come back in the prelim, win that and win the grand final, you'd be kind of be like, oh, yeah, I'll just win one next year. Totally. <laughs> He's only got 15 more years to win at Brownlow. He's Or it would be even worse if, like, um, say if you're Lockie Neal and you're leading the Brownlow and someone should have got suspended and didn't, and then you lose the Brownlow. Remember <laughs> that when that could, happened? <laughs> or that could happen too. Awkward. It's all right, but again, Lockie Neal's already got one, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> exactly. sure he, he minds picky, too much. Hey, he can't be picky. <laughs> he pulls Brownlow votes out his ass. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's too far. I think. I think. I think if he's leading, as your app is so um, accurately speaking, that if he's leading by the round twenty, <laughs> and it's going to be the most entertaining end of the Brownlow to watch in a very, very long oh, time. Absolutely. To see these blokes like to see these blokes. M. Bonta and Pelly, yeah. like you know, like it's, it's going to be so cool to watch. I'll be I'll be singing a lot of beers watching that, and possibly try and sneak in and get a few interviews. Absolutely, I think he needs to be about probably 10, 11 votes clear. Nick Dacos to sort of hold on to it. Mm. Of course, as you were saying, Robbo, Butters, Bonta and Pelly coming home with a bang. I, I don't know if there are any other Port Adelaide players whose name starts start with Z or dogs who start with M, but I hope there are because Gil will be absolutely frothing it, dragging that out for as long as he possibly yeah. can. I cannot wait for Monday night, Channel Seven Brownlow medal count. Everybody be. There or B Square yeah. East. Good job. Thank you, Abs. Thank you, Robert. Always uh, great to see you. Hopefully, your app, hopefully, get a correct man and then the, you know everyone can start using that app. That'd yeah, no awesome. pressure, hey? Thanks for your time, <laughs> Robbo. Yeah, right, I'm going now. All right, sweet. All right, thanks, everybody. <laughs> uh, Mitch Robinson medal this weekend. Make sure you tune to the Rob Vlogs uh, on Sunday night. It's going to be popping off. I'll be down in Melbourne all next week. So if you see me in the streets, come say hello. Thanks, Abby. Thanks, Eve. Thanks, Footy Talk. Really appreciate it. He loves a selfie as well. So get around him, everybody. Mitch Robinson. If you have a question for us, get us on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or TikTok at footytalkpod. Tomorrow, you'll have Dale and Heath. We'll see you then. Listener.